right from the get-go, I, I don't know, I was right from the beginning, I just got it all wrong. I feel like pretty quickly, realizing that people were not impressed with our affinity for Jurassic Park, um, which was which was kind of startling. Like getting my locker combination right, like in time, be, like between classes, or I mean, forget the actual schoolwork. It was just navigating the hallways and the personalities, and it's, it was so overwhelming. I think with everyone's hormones changing, people being really self-conscious and judgmental of other people and there was friend drama and people talking behind each other's backs. And as soon as I found my homeroom and, you know, had like initial roll call with the other kids in the class, I was very quickly keyed into the fact that my shoes were all wrong, my outfit was all wrong, my hair was all, everything was just, I had gotten it all wrong and that's when the panic set in. Jedediah is a man who once was a boy and he wrote down all his feelings in a diary to enjoy now he's reading it again reading it for you maybe you'll recognize yourself too Jedediah Diaries, Jedediah Diaries, that's the name of this podcast, and now the song is through. The voices you just heard belong to Maggie Shader, Matt Sacco, and Kate Budoff, three people who experienced seventh grade at the same time in the same place as Tori and me did. You'll be hearing more from them later on in the episode. And the music you just heard and which you'll be hearing also more of later on in the episode, was composed by the talented Lily Sloan. Okay, here we go. For some reason, like, it just floated in my head, the idea of, I don't know, this is pointless. Would you stop it? <laughs> no, this is really, you're not going to, I lost the connection that I was making. I don't care, ago. I want to hear it. I was going to compare this episode to the formation of the moon. But I... <laughs> Okay, go on. Do you know how the moon was formed? I believe the moon came from asteroids slamming into planet Earth Mm -hmm. and whatever got blasted off the planet in like the explosion kind of just coalesced. Yeah, and began orbiting around the Earth. It was so much junk, it had its own gravity, and then it like... Gravity, yeah, pulled it together. Kind of turned into a ball. It turned it into an orb. I mean, that's... What? Incredible. Is that true? I mean, that's the prevailing theory, I think. Is now. that how all moons got created? Like, what about planets that have ten moons? That's a good question. I mean, the Earth was created sort of that way in the early days of our solar... I mean, all of the planets are just junk from... Yeah, space, space dust. Space junk, coalescing, mm-hmm. coming together. Atomic matter, yeah. So much of it comes together that, that it gets its own gravity, and then That's bada right. bing, bada boom, you got a planet. That's right. So what's the connection, you ask? <laughs> I was going to compare this, the first day of seventh grade, somehow to the days before the moon form, when it was just a bunch of junk floating in space. 
it wasn't the lunar landing Wait, what do you what do you mean it wasn't the lunar landing? Like it was this it's not this isn't the lunar landing, folks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is a bunch of dirt and rocks yeah. floating in the cold vacuum of space. Yeah. Recently ejected from the planet Earth. Yeah. I mean it doesn't even break down as a metaphor because it's not a metaphor. Wait, is that is that it? Yeah. That's as far as I had gotten okay, in my, well, in my me, tiny brain. That's let my brain take over. Yeah. <laughs> take the wheel over for a minute. Mm-hmm. The statement you're saying to us yeah. is the first week of seventh grade mm-hmm. is like the formation of Earth's moon. <laughs> right. So how I interpret that is that the act of graduating from sixth grade and going on to seventh grade is asteroids smashing into the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And the first week of seventh grade is... And then all all the resulting detritus mm-hmm. that's orbiting around the planet which will one day be the moon right but for now is just a bunch of disconnected confused totally uprooted out of its element probably scared if rocks had thoughts seventh grade is gravity mm-hmm. leaving sixth grade is the asteroid <laughs> right and our personalities and our psyche are the chunks that will eventually become the moon. Right. Is that about, is that what, that's, if my brain now were the exposed chunks of the moon, mm-hmm. the explanation I just gave is those chunks becoming the moon in space. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say your ability to shape that into a cohesive metaphor is also the equivalent of an asteroid slamming into Earth and eventually creating the moon. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful image. I mean, and that and that feels that feels terrifically accurate. The ability to compare two completely unrelated things and make it seem like there is resonance there, like they reveal something about each thing. <laughs> I mean, that's an incredibly powerful. That's a straight up mind hack. Yeah, is what that is. Yeah, I don't have any good examples off the top of my head, but I I have seen this in politics and academia. You say, this situation that we're dealing with right now is like this metaphorical situation. Right. And in this metaphorical situation, this thing happens, and then this thing happens. <laughs> Thus, right. in the real situation, that second thing must happen. And people listening to this go, oh, yeah. 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 And you forget that that's a totally, like, that's not how it works. Yeah. It's very seductive. But then you draw erroneous or spurious conclusions sometimes i mean i think probably all of culture is based on the misuse of metaphors <laughs> the gross misuse of metaphors <laughs> if i start thinking of seventh grade in terms of this incredible astronomical event yeah. then i'm probably going to see things that aren't really there like what because sometimes what i just described sometimes yeah it's bullshit but sometimes it's illuminating well it can just be it can be it's the value of a metaphor is to, like, when an asteroid smashes into the prehistoric Earth mm-hmm. and throws up a bunch of stone and sand into space. <clears throat> I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that a good metaphor yeah. can allow us to take what is a concept or an idea that might be a bunch of disconnected space dust mm-hmm. and um, sort of bring it together into a 
easy to understand spheroid. Yeah. We're really abusing this metaphor. <laughs> I know. Draw it out to its to its conclusion. What, the metaphor? Yeah, no, you, you said you, it seemed like you were about to, to say you were going to draw some grand grand claims by continuing along in this path. So what what were they? I think it's a dead end in as much as like the moon is a cold, lifeless... <laughs> Like, it's not rife with, beyond its formation, um, yeah. I don't know. Well, the moon has represented a certain kind of aspirational mm-hmm. reach mm-hmm. for mankind. It's beautiful. It is beautiful to look at. Once we reached the moon, it allowed us to see ourselves in a way that we'd never seen ourselves before. <laughs> this is good, but now you're bringing the earth back into it, which is... <laughs> What is the earth in this metaphor? I mean, it's it, it's not really a part of it. <laughs> Which is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> the earth's not really involved. The bits of the earth are involved. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, the value in this is that something tremendously traumatic occurred. Yeah. Everything looked like it was just chaos and ruined. And over time and through natural progress... It turned into something that we look at today as, oh, yeah, of course. What kind of traumatic event led to this beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing? Seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to week 35 of the Jedi Diaries. I am your host, Jedediah Baker. I'm Tori Puckett. And it is the final weekend before we officially become seventh graders. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I don't remember this final weekend. I mean, we've, we've talked about our anticipation, potential anxiety, of which I think there was probably very little because we didn't recognize what was coming. Mm-hmm. In this metaphor, we're like the earth kind of just doing its thing, right. not realizing it's about to get pummeled by, <laughs> right. by a series of asteroids. Yeah. In as much as we're young and still forming, <laughs> undergoing a lot of violent changes. We like dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I too remember absolutely nothing from the weekend before seventh grade. So it's a good thing we've got this. August 28th. I got some new shorts and school supplies. I got a ruler, a protractor, a locker mirror, and some pens. Josie and Dad are back from Canada. School in one more day. Stocking up on school supplies. I gotta say, I actually remember, not the ruler. Yeah. But I remember that protractor. And do you? And I remember that locker mirror. This was our first experience having a locker. Lockers. We had cubbies. You start off with cubbies, you graduate to lockers. I wonder why the mirror. Probably I was at Ames. Yeah. And in the school supply aisle. And uh, I was like, okay, I, got it. I need a ruler. I need a protractor for math. Got it. Check. Got it. Check. What's this? <laughs> a locker mirror? Never thought of one of those before. <laughs> yeah. It's called a locker mirror. Yeah. I guess I should probably get one. Yeah. I mean, you're going to want to give yourself a once over before, before school each day. I mean, that should have been a hint. Before seventh grade, yeah. you never needed your own personal tiny mirror that yeah. you could look at whenever you needed to. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't matter what you looked like. <laughs> I should have, that should have tipped me off. It didn't matter. 
it didn't. There's a band within where it's acceptable for you to look when yeah, you're a child. That's true. But when you're becoming a teenager, it starts you know, to really matter. How you look suddenly matters. You're going to want to check yourself out four or five times a day. And that was quite prescient because we couldn't have known this at the time. There was famously a real dearth at that point of mirrors in the bathrooms at the school. I remember. Oh, I don't. You don't remember that? No. I remember some years, maybe like a year or two later, when we were listening to student council president speeches, (laughs) someone's platform was basically (laughs) promising to... If elected, I promise a mirror in every bathroom. (laughs) That was effectively it. And they got a a rapturous reception. (laughs) Everyone stands up and puts them on their shoulders. I think... They win in a landslide. I think they coasted to victory on that promise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why weren't there any? What happened to them? I don't know. It was an old school. I think the bathrooms that did have mirrors were like pretty dingy and not yeah. that you couldn't see yourself very well. So <laughs> I think it was just uh, the school was in need of a renovation, okay. which well, it would get some years later. But at that point, I think there were just a dearth of, of mirrors. Well, I'm glad I picked one up. <laughs> so you, whoever advised you to get that mirror <laughs> did I, I really, I really think it was. I think I saw it and I... <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I think new shorts. Yeah. <laughs> got one pair of pants, one pair of shorts. <laughs> ready to go. Already. Ready for a new year. Uh, and Josie, the mystery of where Josie had gone, he'd gone to Canada, Canada with my dad. This is something my dad used to do growing up. He would take each of us individually on, on trips. Um, they probably went to Park Safari. Okay. I was going to ask if they went to Prince Edward Island. I don't believe they did. No. Okay. I don't well, know why. why. I don't know. It just popped into my head. Yeah. I mean. As a, a, as a possibility. A beautiful place. I've never been there. A little farther away than Montreal. Right. August 29th. Uh, I'm just going to. It's going to be too annoying for me to actually read this out. It's. I'll just say it's two full lines <laughs> of capital A's <laughs> topped off with. Two and then three exclamation points. Yeah. So just imagine that. Imagine I sh- imagine I yell for that long. How long would that be? I don't know. I don't know what two lines translates into. <laughs> I don't, and I don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah. School tomorrow. Ah! <laughs> I finished out that line with A's as well. Kicks us off into another reverie. Dad got a flat tire. I washed my hair. <laughs> I got a haircut. <laughs> the highs and lows of a day. Lord, that's that seems foolhardy as hell to me. Yeah, to get a haircut the, the day before school? Yeah. Holy crap, I would never do that today. No, me neither. I'd give <laughs> what, myself at least a... What could I have been thinking? The buffer of a week. Yeah, I don't I know. bet I got it at night, too. I mean, Lord. Did you have like a standard haircut you went for? Because if you're just like, give me the usual. Yeah, give thing. me the Jed. I mean, my mom just would cut my hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to the, the barbershop. Like, mm-hmm. she would just give me the same haircut every time. So mm-hmm. it was probably pretty safe. Mm-hmm. But still, like, no, do yeah. it the week before. Yeah. And unless, unless things are just tragic up there, like, mm-hmm. leave it alone. Right. <laughs> we happen to go to the same barber. We do. For some reason. I was very nervous for a while to admit that we knew each other, which uh, to, 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 the, the barber, to the barber, to the barber. <laughs> Wait a second. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell you why, because 
the barber, who is someone I've been going to for years. I encroached on your turf. Right. You were seeing this man already. And then yeah. I, I also wanted to see this man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I recommended him to you. And uh, shortly after you started seeing him, he knew that I was from Vermont. So he, <laughs> he started telling me, like, oh, I have another customer who's from Vermont. And he told me enough that I started to realize that he was talking about you. <laughs> So you didn't you didn't know at first, and then the details that he gave you about me. Well, because he tipped was, you off. I knew that you had started seeing yeah. him. So from the time that he said, you know, maybe a month or two after you started <laughs> seeing him, I have another customer who's from Vermont. Yeah, I was like, it's very possible that this is Jed. Yeah, but that's not enough information to make a determination. No. Pretty soon he started giving me more details, and I was like, okay, that's definitely Jed. <laughs> but for some reason, I was I didn't say to him, oh, I think I know who that person is. So at a certain point, I felt like I had to keep up this ruse. <laughs> And every time right. it got too, it got too far. It would have been weird if you'd been like, yeah. After the seventh time he talked about the <laughs> yeah. other Vermonter, yeah, you'd been like, oh him, I know him. Every time I went, he would talk about you. <laughs> That's uh, nice. And he never talked about you to me. <laughs> so I felt like I had to keep up this charade. <laughs> and then one day, I think I was with you. When yeah, you were going we to went. Get your we went there together. And, and I, I remember like, you being kind of not wanting. <laughs> not no. wanting to do it yeah i didn't yeah because i knew that i'd like blow my the, cover the my non-existent up. cover <laughs> there was not i wasn't protecting anything but i felt like i had to like keep this up <laughs> so we went in and he saw both of us i registered a look of surprise on his face and then i walked out and didn't he say something to you yeah so then i sat down for my haircut and one of the first things he said to me was so how you know the guy <laughs> The guy. So how you know the guy? How do you know the guy? <laughs> and, you know, and I and I spilled the beans. I told him everything. <laughs> how did we get there? Oh, I was asking I when you get oh, a haircut. Yeah, I was going to ask when you get a haircut. So yeah, so now the the jig is up. Wait, but when you went in, then what happened? It, it was fine, right? Now when we talk about you, it's like within the context of your, your friend. friend. Yeah. So it's a huge rather weight off my... Rather than your countrymen. I had been <laughs> needlessly avoiding. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could have facilitated that. Um, I'm glad that I could have caused it and also facilitated its end. Freud has this thing where, <laughs> <laughs> where he says anxiety is produced when you're afraid to confront something. Oh. And yeah. when you go around it instead of moving through it and dealing mm. with it. And this was obviously causing me a lot of anxiety, and I finally moved through it, and therefore dealt with it. And now my anxiety around the issue is non-existent. <laughs> Good. What was your question about haircuts? My question was, when you get a haircut, do you have certain rules? Are there a lot of caveats when you go in, like, don't touch this? I want to, like... Sorry, don't touch... Who might... Who's saying don't touch what to who? <laughs> You're asking. When you go to the barber, yeah. do you say, like... Don't touch my nose. They ask, for example, if you want a natural line in the back. Oh. They ask if you want... How you want your beard yeah. handled. Here's the thing. I, I try to say as little as possible. Really? Because my opinion is they're professionals. And I, I am certain that any instruction I give is just going to screw them up. <laughs> Because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a good... And, and I don't know what I want. I just mm -hmm. want a haircut. And mm -hmm. that's as far as I can tell you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they asked me to make decisions. You know, I don't care what the back of my neck looks like because I can't see it. Yeah. With a locker mirror or no, <laughs> it's somewhere that doesn't concern me. But 
maybe I show them a picture mm-hmm. of a haircut that I had once that I liked. Yeah. Maybe I say, just clean it up a little bit. My MO when it comes to haircuts is go to the barber, get it cut, just like a short man's haircut, mm-hmm. and leave, and don't go back for 8 to 12 months. Yeah. So every time they are giving me a very dramatic haircut. Yeah. I don't really go in for touch-ups. I'm not getting this. I'm not like, but you get a haircut like every three weeks or something. Every three weeks, and I heavily micromanage. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? I have a list of about 10 rules. Do you think David likes that? <laughs> I think he hates it. <laughs> <laughs> what are your 10 rules? <laughs> Let me hear them. I'm holding up finger one. I want a natural line in the back. Okay. Or a fade, I guess. I don't want a line. You don't want a straight I don't, line I don't want a box. Don't want I don't want a curve. I want them to shave around my like neckline. I'm talking about my beard now. Yeah. But I don't want them to touch my cheek. I don't want them to touch the sides of my head. Natural. Okay. They often tried it because my hair is kind of coarse. They try to use the thinning shears, which oh, I don't want. Yeah, don't. They use the clippers on the sides and back. I like the two and a half setting. Oh, my God. I tell them on the top, roughly um, half an inch off. There's a lot of rules. Yeah, you sound like an absolute nightmare to give a haircut to. Yeah, I think I am. 25 years ago, I would sit down in a chair. This is probably where I got it. I would sit down in a chair and my mom would just cut my hair. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't have any... I didn't have any opinions. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. It's a very passive experience for mm-hmm. me. That's probably a good approach. <laughs> but, I mean, You're... sometimes I end up getting haircuts I don't like. Yeah. Because I refuse to give any direction. Mm-hmm. You are leaving it to the professionals. I guess it's the equivalent of going to a restaurant and going to the kitchen and tell, <laughs> telling the chef what to do. Well, no, because, yes... You're putting more faith or you're assuming that this act is more complicated than I think it is. Yeah. I just, assume, I mean, you have to go to school right. for haircutting mm-hmm. or you have to apprentice, yeah. you know, like they don't just let anybody do no, it. No, it's true. So, and, and I like, they without a doubt know more about it than I do. Of course. But it is my hair. I treat the barber like I treat the dentist. Mm-hmm. You know, it is maintenance on yeah. my head yeah. that I am asking a professional to perform. Yeah. And I'm just going to stay out of their way. Mm-hmm. Do you tell your dentist how to do your teeth? Yeah, I have some rules. <laughs> <sighs> this has been fun. <laughs> but we've dilly-dallied long enough. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Are you ready? Before I read this entry, mm-hmm. what do you remember about the first day of seventh grade? I remember what I was wearing. What were you wearing? I had um, stocked up on jeans. Uh-huh. So I was wearing a nice stonewashed <laughs> jean. <laughs> Probably with an elasticated band. Yeah. Mom jeans. Oh, uh, yeah. Just stretch jeans. Very much. Comfortable. They were comfortable. I was wearing like one of those hooded uh, long sleeve shirts. I thought those were what everybody was going to Dude, be wearing. I mean, that sounds exactly... Like whatever Jonathan Taylor Thomas's wardrobe would have been on Home Improvement. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that last week, and yeah. I think that is a very good theory. I'm, I, only, I th- I'm hung up on JTT because it's one of your strongest memories from 1993. He was my North Star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I think you're right. I mean, I wasn't very culturally literate because I didn't have we didn't have cable. I didn't have any older siblings from whom I could take these fashion cues. 
I think I had very limited options in terms of like where to look. And I think probably Jonathan Taylor Thomas was, you know, he was a teen idol. He looked cool to me. So yeah. I think I probably got a lot of stuff from him. Yeah. It's always been sort of mysterious to me, like why you and Matt and I so thoroughly missed the boat in terms <laughs> of like preparing culturally for seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I think you might have just nailed a pretty significant reason. None of us had, I mean, Matt had older sisters. Right. But you and me didn't have any older yeah. siblings. And I think one older brother amongst the three of us would have changed, m- might have made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we were going in blind. <laughs> we were. <laughs> okay, here we go. August 30th. School is stupid. I have homework on the first day. Ah! At least I get a five-day weekend. What? I had TKD. I'm quitting it. (laughs) Okay. Soon. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't so bad. Well, that's, yeah, again, I would have loved to know more about... (laughs) your experience (laughs) i mean uh, i know i just well i'm in a bad mood Mm -hmm. so far seventh grade means homework Mm -hmm. immediately that's bad news that's no good yeah that is no good five day weekend that's a long weekend for the first week of school why don't they just put school off a week yeah this is really like a soft start to although it's yeah it's kind of nice it's sort of like a way for us to like get our get get our feet wet, get, get, our, get our giggles out, get two two in, and you're done. Right. My guess is that our first introduction to seventh grade, or like the first thing we experienced, was going to homeroom. Oh, oh. Which is like how the day kicked off oh. and was a new experience for us. Homeroom, new phenomenon for us. The kind of first thing I remember homeroom being a strange concept, having a homeroom class, or I don't know. I don't. I don't even still. I don't remember what that was. Because we went into school, first thing, you went into homeroom. It wasn't a class, from what I remember. You just sort of stood around and, like, caught up on the weekend with anybody, you know, friends in there. And then you went to your first real class, and I don't know what the point of that was. It was like a landing pad. when oh. you Like, you went into the day, and you went to your homeroom, you spent some time there before you went to your classes. Yeah, just sort of socialize. Yeah. It was like a buffer period. It was a buffer. Again, a way to get your giggles out before you kind of moved on moved to the on serious to tasks of, of learning. Yeah. What do you remember about this day? What do I remember about this day? I remember... We were in the same class. We you and me and Matt are in the same class. Mm-hmm. So the way that it was structured is much like up to this point, we had the same class. So the similarity was we were all part of the same group that moved together throughout the day. But unlike K through sixth grade, we had different teachers for different yes, subjects. So that was a new experience. The school um, but in, we would all move flocks. To, yeah, we would move in these these cohesive flocks. I remember moving to the bigger building with the big kids, but also when we were actually there, it didn't seem that that part of it didn't seem that scary because we were in pretty much stayed in the same wing most of the time worked all day long even though we switched classrooms um, so that part didn't seem as scary as the anticipation but yeah seventh grade overall was really tough uh, emotionally I think with 
everyone's hormones changing, people being really self-conscious and judgmental of other people, and there was friend drama and people talking behind each other's backs, myself included, unfortunately. I remember um, yeah, that was that was really hard and feeling like I never fit in, and I'm sure that was a common feeling, but when you're in that stage, it feels like you're the only one who feels this, and uh, yeah, I'm so glad seventh grade is over. It took a while to realize that this was going to be a different experience. Yeah. Maybe it didn't. I've been dreading this week all year. Yeah. But maybe maybe things were a bit more subtle than, than I remember. I think, maybe I maybe think it so. took some time mm-hmm. before the the gravity yeah. of our situation <laughs> yeah. really sunk in. Kind of like the formation of the moon. The <laughs> metaphor holds. It holds. So I have a memory. It's one of my most vivid memories. I can't be certain it's from this week, mm-hmm. but if it's not, it's from one of the weeks very soon after it. I'm going to tell it now mm-hmm. because I think it p- paints a nice picture of the world we're about to unwittingly enter. Or we have unwittingly entered mm-hmm. already yeah. as of this day. So I'm standing in front of my new locker. Mm-hmm. In the hallway. I'm looking at my locker. My locker is open. I'm probably looking at my own soft little face (laughs) in my new locker mirror. And I remember... I was looking in this mirror and I... I'm, I'm watching kind of the... Out of the corner of my eye or I'm looking in the mirror and I'm watching the people kind of pass back and forth in the hallway going to class you know just going about their days at school and I sort of I noticed something 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 sort of there's a hint in my brain that there's something I need to notice (laughs) there's just the slightest poke a part of me is saying hey there's something you've missed (laughs) And I sort of, I slowly turn away from my locker and I, maybe for the first time, really look at all of our classmates. People standing at their lockers, seventh graders, 10th graders, people walking through this hall, on the way to class, going to class, coming from class, talking to each other, laughing, living. And I look at what everyone is wearing I look at everyone and I realize that not a single other person is wearing a matching sweatpants sweatshirt combo (laughs) the same color sweatpants as the sweatshirt and I remember, I remember so clearly standing at my locker, looking down at my clothes and thinking, I missed something. <laughs> something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting all year to tell that story. I know. That is, if not this podcast's reason for being. 
that is what I would call a, a pillar story. But that story sums it all up. The sense that these people know something or understand something that I don't. Yeah. Everybody had jeans on. Yeah. Everyone knew. How did everybody know this but me? Yeah. I mean, I just, I missed it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else knew what kind of pants to wear and I did not. You, well, I was just wearing whatever I'd worn last year. Yeah. There's two layers there. One is, <laughs> so if there's two steps there, I was one step, but not two steps ahead of you. <laughs> you knew to wear jeans, but you didn't go all the way to the right kind of jeans. Right, well, I, no, I was going to say, like, I knew that it was time to start taking cues. Even, oh, even if I didn't know, oh. even if I didn't know where to find those cues or what the right cues were. Yeah, you knew what I, you knew what you knew wasn't enough anymore. Right. I knew that, like, I needed to start looking around to see what's going on. I got it wrong. <laughs> Like, I still don't know how other people got it so right. Yeah. But I knew to start looking. I don't know. Kudos to you for that. (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Feels good to tell that that tale. August 31st. The power went out, like, three times tonight. I had lots of homework tonight. Junior high is kind of cool. I had to bring my sacks to school. I took a shower. (laughs) I wish I had superpowers. (laughs) That old wish. (laughs) Cropping up. Junior high is kind of cool. That's a surprise. Yeah. I guess it did start out okay. Mm -hmm. Junior high is kind of cool. Junior high. That is kind of cool. Junior high. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Big deal. It is. Second day of junior high. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots more homework. Yeah. Bring in my sacks. <laughs> right. This is the totality of information we have. <laughs> yeah. About day two yeah. of seventh grade. I assume you also brought your sacks, had to bring your sacks to school right. this day. I assume we, I did. We, were, we were playing saxophone in sixth grade. We are playing saxophone in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Now that must have been a comfort, a little bit of continuity. Continuity. We between had this, our old lives and our new lives. We had the same band teacher. Gosh. So he was a familiar face. Perhaps that's what made it seem cool. Maybe I was like, oh, maybe it's not so different after all. all right. <laughs> yeah, so not only was it the, you know, incredible shift from grade school to junior high, but it was, well, for me at least, it was also an entirely different group of kids, much larger school, um, like so many, so many unknowns. And um, I will say right off the bat that, yeah, junior high was pretty brutal, and it was a shock to the system. I can remember getting very little sleep the nights before, you know, school was going to start, and um, I thought I had it all figured out, you know, I had, uh, this is going to sound so dorky, but I had... You know, I knew I had, oh, I've got my jean shorts that I can wear and I'll roll them up because that's what the girls do. And I've got these cool bright red chucks that I thought were just awesome. And oh my God, not only did I have my ears pierced, but I had like a second hole. I got this covered. It's so cool. I've got two little studs in my ear. And as soon as I found my homeroom um, and, you know, had like initial roll call with the other kids in the class, I was very quickly keyed into the fact that my shoes were all wrong, my outfit was all wrong, my hair was all, everything was just, everything was just, I had gotten it all wrong, and that's when the panic set in. 
I uh, I don't I also don't know if it was this week, but uh, the moment for me where I realized, much like you with the sweatsuit, <laughs> that um, other people were understanding something that I didn't understand. I had I was kitted out with Jurassic Park stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like vaguely remember very proudly carting it around with me and being a little surprised that nobody was commenting on it. <laughs> So probably like displaying it a little more prominently. Peacocking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were in our English class. Uh, you know, like that old thing, you know, that thing when it's like, oh, which way is the beach? This way. And <laughs> right. you like make a muscle and point yeah. to the beach. I yeah. imagine someone being like, oh, can I borrow your pencil? And you'd be like, oh, this pencil. <laughs> and you like hold it up for everyone to see his Jurassic Park pencil. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, that. <laughs> that pencil. Yeah, that pencil. <laughs> <laughs> so after a, I mean, I don't know, a day or two, a couple of days of this, we were a couple, a couple of days of flaunting your Jurassic Park paraphernalia, and and nobody really, yeah. giving a shit. Yeah. Again, I, I thought people just were failing to notice. Um, <laughs> we were in our English class, and our English teacher made the comment, "Oh, Tori, you sure have a lot of Jurassic Park stuff." My first response was to be grateful for her drawing attention oh, to finally. it. Finally, but then. That bubble was immediately burst oh, when no. the class started to laugh. Oh, no. And that was when I realized, oh, why are they all in on this joke that I am not in on? Not only am I not in on it, but I thought the opposite. Yeah, you were way off. I mean, gosh, yours is yours is worse than mine. It's more traumatic. My, yeah. my, mine was fully internal. Yeah. Mine was a quiet moment of self-reflection right. and realization. Mine was yours a was a public shame. Public humiliation. Yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah did you get rid of your jurassic park stuff after that or did you kind of dig in i think i'm sure i went home that night and said to my parents we need to go to ames and i need to like replace everything immediately i know i need a trapper keeper with a car on it immediately (laughs) yeah i think that's what i got (laughs) oh yeah i mean that's like the death of childhood Mm -hmm. right there that's That's, true that's That's you learning oh the thing i love it's not okay to love, mm-hmm. and I and I gotta I gotta be more aware of how I present myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, oh oh the the thing I love, which is comfort, is something that's not cool, and I need to put on some slightly less comfortable pants mm-hmm. in order to get anywhere in this world. Yeah, that's a devastating lesson to it's learn. A devastating blow. <laughs> and you know what I did with those awesome, like bright red cherry chucks? I like, after that very first day of school, I went home and I told my mom, like, in complete desperation, like, we have to go to Ames, we have to go tonight, I don't, and I think I made that something like, I don't have the right shoes for gym, like, I, I have to have sneakers, I got in trouble, I didn't have the right shoes, like, I, this has to happen. So we went down to Ames, and I, I didn't know enough to know like what sneakers everyone else wore but I knew like they were big and they were rubber like <laughs> and like plasticky looking I picked out like what I thought would be like the most innocuous rubber plasticky looking sneakers I'm like okay yeah this is what all the boys were wearing this is this is it this is very close to it I'll get these so I show up the next day with those on and like I didn't know it at the time but these are like big entirely black Reebok sneakers which were not considered cool. 
like the boys were all wearing like those basketball sneakers that you could like pump up with the you know the little basketball that you then inflated the freaking shoe so my i had like gone out and bought these big rubber black pillows on like that just to try and fit in after homeroom or like the first class of the day i looked down under my desk there's all of these huge black streaks on the floor <laughs> my crummy my black cheapo Reeboks are like basic like I don't know I was like not only had I in my attempt to like blend in was I making it like more obvious that I didn't know what I was doing it's like I was leaving a trail behind myself like, every desk every class like down the hall I couldn't believe it it's a weird dip that's, that's part of, it is a weird, dip. weird it's like this weird outlier but yeah. at the time it feels like oh no now this is what life is right that's one of the moments where i wish that i had an unrealistic level of confidence mm. i wish that i could have said yeah i yeah. love jurassic hey, park fuck you guys <laughs> right <laughs> everybody yeah jurassic park is cool to me that's just not reasonable that i mean that's oh, not yeah, that's not got you pummeled <laughs> that got me a pummeling <laughs> i think that's probably something that many of us have to go through yeah i felt singled out the teacher didn't mean to single me out. I yeah. think it was unintentional. She yeah. wasn't like drawing attention to me she was, so that she was I merely, could be roundly mocked. Yeah, she merely stating a fact. That was just the unintended effect. I think what I didn't realize and what you can't realize until years later is that I think we were all going through our own version of that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, from from our perspectives, we were wrong and everybody mm -hmm. else was right. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. Right. We were a certain kind of wrong, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like it, it wasn't right or wrong. It was just this or that. Mm -hmm. It was we were different, mm -hmm. but the majority of people were another thing. Yeah, not everybody, uh, but enough that it felt like everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. September first, I got a Nintendo Power. I bought a cracked and a mad. No school tomorrow. None till Tuesday. I ran the mile in 10 minutes. <laughs> ten. Well. So, what we know of our third day of seventh grade is that I ran the mile in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I think we can safely assume you and Matt did it in 20. Right. That's a fair <laughs> assumption. And that's it as far as school goes. Oh, that's That's, cool. it. Yeah, that's, that's right. it for the that's first right. week of seventh grade. Three days. I really am not spending a lot of time in the diary. Half the century is taking up with magazines that I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wholly disconnected from school. You know, maybe I just don't have anything to say. Yeah. So far, what we know of seventh grade is that a lot of homework, mm -hmm. kind of cool. Mm -hmm. They make you run the mile. <laughs> Sounds all right. Doesn't getting, sound that bad. Yeah. They're getting a baseline mile. <laughs> yeah. Because we did have new gym teachers. They probably yeah, like, they wanted what, to what say, are they, show what us these, what you got, What kids. are these kids made of? Yeah. We saw you in the gym show in the spring. <laughs> we were impressed. We have an idea of what you <laughs> might be capable of, but here we go. Yeah. You're in our world now. <laughs> I hope Matt and I were able to properly manage their expectations. I suspect we were. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. With our 20-minute mile. Although, you know what, though? It's not a great move because... The only way to go from there is up. That's true. You know, That's true. You might as well just do mediocre at first so they stop paying attention to you. Yeah. <laughs> do with my, me with my 10-minute mile. Yeah.
Although the only way we can go is up. So if we do a 17 minute mile oh, next next yeah. time, then well, that's an improvement. Praise, mm-hmm. You'll get praise for it. <laughs> Meanwhile, if I bump down to 11, I'm right. going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I've literally been dreading this week all year. Mm-hmm. And I think what I now know is that it was more like a frog in boiling water. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It was less like an asteroid slamming into the earth mm-hmm. and more like the frog in boiling water. Yeah. Not realizing what was going on until it was too late. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. Can't wait. Can't wait until uh, little Jed starts to realize what he's in for. Now I'm ruining the fact that that's not the metaphor we sprang for in the beginning. <laughs> I don't think it doesn't. There's not as much to do with the frog in the. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It is actually um, a lot more easy to understand and requires a lot less explanation. (laughs) But I don't think it's nearly as versatile. That's true. September 2nd. I went to Burlington. I bought three SF2 G.I. Joes. I beat Toe Jam and Earl. I got a fake bat. I spent all my money. <laughs> we we played with Bodie. <laughs> I think what this sounds to me, you know, we were just saying that maybe the first week of seventh grade wasn't as bad as we thought. Yeah. This sounds like self care to me. <laughs> yeah, I think I had a hard first week of school. Yeah, and I'm like, listen, I need to go on a shopping like spree. A sh- yeah, shopping therapy. <laughs> Take me to Burlington so I can buy. So I can spend all my an money. extravagant three <laughs> Street Fighter two GI Joes. <laughs> and a fake bat yeah yeah that's true i love the week before you were showing such restraint and you have a rough week and you're like screw it i'm gonna buy those three screw it yeah it's like a pint of ice cream i'm gonna i'm gonna go through this i had a bad day and i deserve it no more artificial restriction of choices i'm getting all all the gi joes i want yeah a fake bat, like the fake baseball bat. No, I oh. think a fake rubber bat. A, oh, a, a, a like fake animal bat. The bat that you swung and it made the crack of the ball hitting the bat. I think that's still a bat is the thing. I think... That's true. I think even if a not proper wooden or metal baseball bat, <laughs> right. still a bat. It's still a bat. Right? Yeah, but a fake bat yeah. implies not a real alive right. bat. Mm-hmm. And I also say this because I remember owning a fake bat, kind of like I remember that fake chick is it like a little like rubber bat just like a little rubber rubber halloween bat yeah. um it is it's september 2nd mm-hmm. which means halloween stuff is in stores mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm there must have been some sort of halloween display in the mall and that's interesting like, you know what i need a fake bat yeah proprietor give me your fakest bat <laughs> if your theory is correct then that disproves or that proves <laughs> oh boy Every year, people say they put them out earlier and earlier. Yeah. But I feel like that's an illusion. Yeah, I think that's just something we, th- we think. Yeah. Because if that was true, if every year they put them out earlier and earlier, <laughs> right? <laughs> eventually they would be coming out in like February. Yeah. Um, there's only so many days in a year. Right. So, but I, I think, I think August Halloween stuff, mm, September 1st. Oh yeah. Here here we go. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is acceptable. Mm -hmm. Beat Toe Jam and Earl, seminal video game from our childhood, I think Mm -hmm. for the Sega Genesis. Yeah. Two rap, cool rapping aliens landed on earth and they got to find the parts to their spaceship Mm -hmm. to get back. And earth is full of crazy humans that Mm -hmm. are trying to hurt them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and really interesting procedural level generation. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. So these days, mm-hmm. um, there's a genre of video game called a roguelike. Mm-hmm. And what a roguelike is, is it's a, it's a video game where all the levels are, there are basically, you know, in the code, there are rules that say every level should be like this there should be this part of it there should be this part of it but they can be in whatever order like I see. there's basically a set of rules that create the level on the like as you start the level okay unlike say super mario brothers the original super mario brothers which it was like meticulously designed by designers mm-hmm. you know like every block is placed i see in a procedurally generated game or a roguelike. The rules are created by designers, but what comes out of them is going to be different and somewhat random every time. Can I ask you a question? I think Toja Minero is one of the very first roguelikes. Yes. Why Why do you think that I don't respond to video games? Based on what you know of me, huh. do you think I lack a certain... I'm not saying I lack an intelligence, but do you think it requires a well, certain, kind of intelli- <laughs> certain kind of intelligence that I don't have? Or a kind of appreciation? Well, but okay, I'll, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Why do you think I find reading history, any any book about history, to be just impossibly dull? Mm, that's a good question. So, I yeah, mean, you, you, I guess. you love to do that. Something, yeah. in you, something in you really responds yeah. to books about history. Mm-hmm. Something in me really responds to the interactivity of, of a video game. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to answer because I just think people are different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my answer. Yes. And I characteristically, I think it's a deficiency that I don't love video games. No. Whereas your, <laughs> your underappreciation of books on history yeah. don't seem like a deficiency. Great. Okay. But that, so turn that on yourself. Okay. I see. <laughs> it's very therapeutic. September 3rd. We went to Stowe, and Mom bought me a special yo-yo and a Newton's cradle. (laughs) We went on the Alpine slide. Mom bought Day of the Tentacle for computer. I took a bath. (laughs) Love that your mom's having to float you. (laughs) I spent all all your money. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. I think, are these rewards for getting through my first week of seventh grade? Or are they like... Like, Jesus, Jed is miserable. We got to try to cheer him up. Like, what are this windfall of gifts? Your mom missed an opportunity to teach you a hard lesson. (laughs) Life is hard sometimes. Fiscal fiscal responsibility. (laughs) Well, but I couldn't have afforded Day of the Tentacle on my own. That was a computer game. Yeah. Dozens of dollars. That's true. Which I certainly didn't have. Yeah. Maybe the week was harder than you went on. Maybe. Or maybe it's just, it's, you know, September. Time to start thinking about Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) comes earlier every year very sweet of my mom Mm -hmm. uh we went on the alpine slide which no longer exists that's right we've we've talked about it before right i think so yeah alpine slide real quick dangerous half a mile long concrete trough going down the side of a mountain yeah which you ride a plastic slide down with brakes and wheels wouldn't fly today no i don't think any insurer in the world would approve (laughs) it day of the tentacle the sequel to Maniac Mansion, mm-hmm. which I started the year off playing. My mom has bought for computer. I'm not sure why I say computer and not the computer. For Nintendo, for computer, you know, it's it's a semantic sort of... Lose the definite article. Wonderful, much loved, much remembered point-and-click adventure game about 
three weird friends, Bernard, Laverne, and Hoagie, who are sent hurtling through time in time machines shaped like porta potties by crazy doctor Edison. One of the great things about this game was that there are three protagonists and you kind of switch between each of them and they're all in different time periods. One's in the present, one's in the past, colonial times, one's in the far future where tentacles have taken over the, mm. the world. A lot of fun puzzles, great animation, music, fully voiced, mm-hmm. which I don't really care for, but you you really don't care about this uh, there I was one I can, t- I can tell there was one thing i cared about what is it no i should say no i mean i'm looking in your eyes and like it's just uh, this isn't resonating with you at all and that's no, fine but because I th- I also, if you were talking about winston churchill i wouldn't give a shit but he's a i mean hugely significant <laughs> <laughs> historical figure i know i don't care whether you like him or hate him <laughs> i don't have any opinion on him because i don't know anything about him <laughs> His mom was actually born a couple streets away from she here. She was? Yeah. Many people don't realize she was American. He had an American mother. See, and this is, I thought Winston Churchill was American, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what anyway. was the one What was the one thing you found interesting about my description of? I was going to say, if, if you're passionate about something, I think yeah. it, I think that itself, your passion is. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You're a good friend. So even if I don't care about the thing you're talking about. If you're speaking about it in an infectious, passionate way, then that itself is interesting. Hmm. I was going to say the one thing I picked up out of that, which is, I can say without a doubt, not interesting, (laughs) is Uh something that I don't think we do as much anymore. There are still stories about time travel, but back then, turning a quotidian object into a time machine... Like the DeLorean mm-hmm. or like, I mean, they still do it in Doctor Who, but that's a carryover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like the the phone booth, you know, or, or like... Oh, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it in this Port-a-potties. game? The porta potty I feel like that was like finding these objects that we use for and, and kind of like retrofit yeah, or outfitting them. Yeah, what happened them. to that? I don't know why that's not a thing anymore. We should bring it back. Is that because the... Maybe we just got went through all the, the reasonable objects. Right. Enough, there's nothing left. Yeah. I don't have anything profound to say no, about that. No, but I mean, but... You're, you're right. There was a... Because uh, Doctor Who was very early. I mean, would you say that the Doctor Who's telephone box is like the original? Yeah. One of these. Yeah. And everything is sort of a reference to that. Mm-hmm. You know, in Back to the Future, it was originally a refrigerator. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Which is super interesting because that means Doctor Who, Back to the Future, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Day of the Tentacle all had yeah. basically boxes, right. just yeah. rectangular boxes that traveled through time. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what that says. I don't know either. Partially, I think it's a budgeting issue. It's just like easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they've become ever more elaborate. I, I don't know. I, I Yeah, there's something well, I, that. Well, I, I, that's a great observation, and I would really like to see more regular objects being turned into time machines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I finish out the week, my old friend, my finest comfort, the bath. (laughs) And that's it. If we could turn the bath into a time machine. (laughs) (laughs) Just another box. Another box. (laughs) But it's on its side. (laughs) It's like a very comfortable way to travel through time. Well. For some. Hey. For some. Uh. I mean, I, I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this, 
and I'm sure that our listeners have been shouting this for the last few minutes, mm-hmm. hot tub time machine. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what a glaring yeah, oversight. That's embarrassing. Yeah. That's it. That's, that is the first week of seventh grade. Seventh grade, a small step for Jed. <laughs> Help me with this. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's one small step for Jed. Yeah. And one giant leap for Jedediah. <laughs> that works, right? Yeah. Jedi Diaries, the Jedi Diaries, that's the name of this podcast. And now this episode is through.